Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots to look at in today's market. We cattle market, you know, you saw it open pretty good. Yeah, well, unfortunately, if you haven't looked at the numbers, it didn't end that way. So what's going to happen in the cash market, the struggles that we continue to see in the hogs, and maybe the bright spot was the fact that we saw some higher numbers on the grain complex. We're going to get all the details today with Brad Coima. He's with Coima, Coima and Varlick. And getting um, into NCBA's meeting as well, you know, Brad, I always thought there was a correlation that we saw some higher cattle prices as we got ready for NCBA. Because, you know, then we got happy cattle guys going to convention, but it might not work out that way this week. (laughs) <laughs> well, you're right. I, there is a bit of a there is a bit of a, a, a timing deal that way, actually, because uh, I mean, if you take a look at the, the calendar here, obviously you notice that it's February, and typically there's a seasonal that we would, generally speaking, have a bit of a rally uh, in February. And of course, the convention is always basically the end of January, the first week of February. So I, I, I would suppose, by happenstance, the two seem to go together. Um, it seems like too there's often a little bit of volatility i know all my customers think whenever i leave for a couple of days that something happens in the in the world to 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 affect things the most recently one month was we when we went to uh grand canyon my wife and i on a little bit of a road trip august 9's her birthday is also the day the holcomb plant burnt you know so there was just a wee bit of excitement that day that's for sure as you look at this market though cattle did start out higher this morning but it didn't finish that way yeah, it was it was a it was a discouraging day on the cattle. Um, yesterday uh, went home real, you know, feeling much better after what had been what an eight dollar sell off and just I mean just a complete collapse basically, you know, as the coronavirus and the the, the fear, the uncertainty, and all that other stuff that that was going on here with the market. Now, I think you and I had talked the last time we were on here that there there was a few of the macro clues, the big picture clues that were making me a little worried. One was the average weights. Uh, you know, other than up in my neck of the woods where the weather's been a little little tough, uh, the bulk of the feeding belt, the weather's been very, very mild. In fact, there's some places like uh, weights that we keep track of in Kansas as much as 40 pounds over a year ago. Um, and that's still the case. Uh, the weights last week were carcass weights were 25 pounds over a year ago. So that was a little bit of a worrisome thing for the last little while. The other thing is just the raw value of the box beef, Susan, down here. Uh, to points where you know nobody's killing Saturday to speak of margins are a little tighter on the part of the packer. Don't get me wrong; I don't feel sorry for them at all. But they do have the ability to control how many they kill. So, and then, and then with the coronavirus, that tipped us over. But yesterday, April cattle held right at fifty percent retracement, one nineteen. Came roaring back, opened about a hundred higher, and I thought, okay, let's go now. We should have more than just one up day here. Let's get up off our butt, but uh, only to see it fail again and 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 failed with with some of the outside markets today Susan pretty pretty salty if you look at the stock market it's up a chunk you know and we still ended up closing slightly lower so I'd say a little bit disappointing from a technical standpoint but you still got a pretty oversold market I don't know if we really got to just collapse again from here again so where are we going to see cash for the rest of this week play out well I'm one of the very few swimming against the current here that thought cash was going to actually be a little bit higher this week Um, that's probably going to be a little bit hard to come by if the futures don't uh, flip here, but um, I guess I thought that 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 it, that you had a situation here where you maybe had a few of the Packers a little closer to the knife. There were some indications that way that might give them a little more energy here to try to buy some cattle. But most importantly, the numbers in the South for a change, particularly in Texas, are tight. Um, the show list this week is not nearly enough to fill the kill capacity down there, and much much less than it was a year ago. So that part. 
is is positive. I hope that maybe we get enough strength in the cash out of the south to buoy the the cash in the north for us this week. Unfortunately, the struggle bus continues for these hogs. Anything? Oh man. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, today too, we were sharply higher to start, two hundred higher, and <laughs> can't hold a rally again. Uh, Februarys were higher, but nothing else was. Uh, but that looks like a you know a bad heart attack victim too on a chart here with what happened since the last time you and I visited. Um, you know, I, I read a couple of uh, perspective commentary you know type things. You know, you you end up with these weird events like this coronavirus where you you know you start researching stuff that you never thought you'd have to. Um, you know, I could actually spin that deal. It's it's a it's a it's tragic over there in China. I mean, not just because there's some people sick by of coronavirus, but their whole economy is upside down, um, and largely it's because of African swine fever. You know, um, would it would it be such a stretch that maybe they would uptick the imports a little bit to, for the greater good? You know, to try to do something. Uh, we are certainly competitive. We're about twenty five percent of uh, our price of hogs for what the, they're charging for their hogs. So. I guess I would like to think that we could get something going, but without some extraordinary export news, we're killing too many hawks. Uh, it just is what it is. So let's hope that things get a little bit better there because that's a disaster. It'll definitely make it uh, interesting the next time we see the cold storage report and what those hog numbers are. Yeah, you're right. I, part of me almost hopes that um, you see an uptick in the storage, that maybe we're starting to get some of this stuff set up to ship over there. Um, you know, the the... the Ractopamine, you know, the fed steroid. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know that there is a major packer left uh, that's allowing that to go into the feed. That, I think, is a is a broadly encouraging sign. Uh, that, that would tell me that, hey, you know, they're getting themselves postured, you know, for, for business with China because they won't, uh, they, they will not take anything with that fed steroid business. So, you know, that's another thing on the cattle here. If you start to identify whether or not you're going to have some places that, uh, uh, won't uh, kill cattle that have had Optiflex. Um, uh, that would be another hint that maybe there's a little bit of business in the offing. That hasn't happened yet, but on the pork side, there's certainly that, that's that's everywhere. Nobody wants that paling in their ration anymore. It needs to get some movement though to to help these prices out. And then you look at these foreign countries, knowing that they need the food to feed their people. At some point, put the pride away. Yeah, I I'm, I'm with you. I I, I don't remember quite this uh, entrenchment like we've had here in this hog, hog market here this long uh, in a long long time maybe well stick around folks more is coming up it's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Brad Coima. Wanted to ask a couple things still on the livestock side. Um, we know, and you and I talked about this before we even started the Final Bell, is Walmart's entrance into the beef supply. CoBank came out this uh, this morning and said they really don't see it on the short term having any effects on this uh, cattle market, at least on the drive of it. And you kind of agreed with that statement, at least on the short term. Well, th- yes, at least in the short term. So let's preface that. I, um, yeah, for those of you that aren't up to speed, they're they're going to basically fabricate their own uh, sourced meat. Uh, Creekstone being the packer of choice, and then um, you know fabricate their own that goes directly into their uh, Sam's Club, Walmart system. Um, which, on face value, you'd say, well, it sounds like the American dream, right, or whatever the American way of doing things. And I suppose that's is what it is, but. 
you know, for me, I, I get a little, you know, sick feeling in the pit of my stomach, um, you know, having watched what's gone on here in the pork industry, particularly uh, in my neck of the woods, uh, you know, where the uh, further move toward vertical integration, which would be what that is, um, you know, Companies like Smithfield, et cetera, and the hog thing that own hogs from, you know, the whole product from beginning to end. Uh, I don't know uh, how that helps the small independent producer. I'm quite certain that it does not. So um, it is what it is. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I guess it's a sign of the times, but it's, it's certainly not good news in my, in my opinion. Uh, but I guess nothing we can do much about either. Looking at, um, we know that, uh, and we talked about the, the bird flu and everything else in the first segment, but because of all that's happening in China, and they're saying that they, they need a little bit more time for phase one, that shouldn't come as a surprise either. But how much of an effect is that going to have on our, not only livestock, but our grain markets? Yeah, maybe even more directly the grains, actually, uh, unfortunately. Um, you know, you know, I, 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 I would hope by now everybody understands that, you know, the, the biggest problem with the lack of trade of, of corn and soybeans and soybean meal in particular uh, isn't that there's some kind of, you know, quote-unquote trade war going on there. It's because half of their swine herd died. Um, and, you know, I'd like to take a bit of a long view. Uh, in fact, I've got uh, November of 2023 soybean futures up on my main screen. That's as long a view as I'm trying to take. I can see that, you know, at some point there is light at the end of this tunnel. They're not going to have swine fever forever. They will find, figure out a way to either build up their own immunity or finally get a vaccination process for it. And they'll come back with a period of very, very high productivity, I suspect. And we'll need to have a lot of feed. So th- there's some, there's some hope down the road, but. Yeah, that, you know, just when you think maybe the news isn't going to be any worse, then you have this little bird flu story where they got to call eighteen thousand chickens. Well, eighteen thousand chickens don't make eat enough corn to 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 to, to wad a shotgun. But you know, I mean, it's the worry of oh no, well, what if that spreads and we have another one of those outbreaks and blah blah blah. So, I was actually, you know, if you can say encouraged um, about you know a modest three and a half cents higher. I guess I was encouraged yet that the corn was able to at least hang on here today. Um, but the corn market, Susan, is, you know, if you can think of something clever to say about it, you're better than I am. It's the same price as it was a month ago, two months ago, five months ago. I mean, it just lays here sideways. And what's it going to take South America to have a crop issue? Well, that would be one thing that would do it. Unfortunately, right now, the weather there is very non-threatening. Um, some predicting all of a sudden that they're going to have a record or near record. So, you know, we're not, unless something changes there, that doesn't look like... That's going to happen overnight. Uh, one of the things that could change that would seem to me like basis here uh, in our part of the world that would indicate that, too. The basis has never been where I sit here. The basis has never been this strong for this time of year, ever. Uh, if you would ever have a futures market where the long speculator would maybe dare to go back in the water uh, and you wouldn't have a market that's so, so, so influenced by these short fund positions, if you had a normal basis, we'd be at 420 already right now with the front month corn, uh, for my area anyway. So... Um, you know, I continue to kind of look at that and, 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 and just feel like, hey, I'm not going to, you know, preach the bearish song down here after everything that's gone on already. Uh, but I, I think the other thing would be if you could get a little bit around the corner on these planting intentions. Everybody's, you know, pretty sure that we're going to see 94, 95 million acres of corn planted. So that hangs over the market's head. But my way of thinking the old crop corn would gain a little bit on the new crop here as we move into, uh, you know, early spring. And what about soybeans? I mean, we're already starting to hear the little rumbles out there of acreage wars, and there's still snow on the ground. Yeah, I know it. And, and the, don't forget, the soybeans have just 
you know, fallen out of bed, um, the uh, all the way back to eight month lows, um, uh, clearly impacted by the China news, of course. Um, I, I I would say it's still, you know, I've actually sat through a couple of insurance meetings because I've been part of a few of these meetings where they want to have a commodity guy talk for a while too. Um, you know, it would certainly appear like um, the from a math standpoint, it would make more sense to plant corn than beans for most of us. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Brad? 800-358-3047. Sounds good. Brad Coyne has been joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That is the Tuesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Don't forget, you can pick this up as a podcast through our website at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe for your free podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.